0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the South Coast Footballholic Podcast. With me today, of course, as always, is my co-host, Jared Pollard. Jared, how's the week been, mate?
1: Loving life, mate. It's uh, We only got four weeks to go until the end of the season, but uh, yeah, still loving life for the time being.
0: Enthusiastic, <laughs> mate. I appreciate that. Now, we'll go straight into it. We had a few headlines from the weekend and the first one that I wanted to uh, get off the rank, get off the bat, hit off the bat, I should say. The Sharkies—they're circling the big boys, and uh, not many people would have predicted this at the start of the season. After a season of being written off, Wanuna are currently sitting in third on the ladder with four games to go in the regular season. Of course, there is a game to be played after this, uh, or before this podcast is released, rather, between Bulla and Wollongong United. So that could go to fourth for the Sharkies, but for the time being, sitting in third. But Played two games on the weekend, a double-header. They had a one-all draw with the Albion Park White Eagles on the Saturday. And then they beat the Flying Rosellas 1-0 on the Sunday in a catch-up fixture. And from all accounts, they were unlucky not to get the win against the Albion Park White Eagles in their Saturday uh, fixture. But, uh, Jared, how is the uh, how, how would the confidence be at Winoona right now?
1: Oh, score high. Look, it's, un- it's unbelievable. They'll tip be the bottom of the ladder and they're sitting... What, two spots off the off the top of the table, not far away from the top of the table. So look, good on them. Good on them. they all the doubt is wrong. Uh, it'll be an interesting run home, of course. Uh, they've already come up against some of the uh, the bigger teams already. You've got to think about that. They've already come up against Eye, They've already come against, against Wollong United. Olympic, they beat, of course. Balambi. they beat. And uh, Albion Park, of course, to throw it in there as well. So look, they've got a good run home if they want a chance for a finals. Very good run home.
0: Yeah, I was uh, their remaining fixtures. We'll get onto it a little bit later, but I'll, I'll just bring it to the forefront now. They've they've got Coromel, Coniston, Tarawana, and South Coast United. So all games that where the uh, teams they're playing are below them currently on the ladder, and very winnable games for all of, uh, the remaining Sharkies fixtures. But one thing that I noticed from the Sharks is they have contributed. There's been a number of players that have contributed to their goal scoring. Uh, efforts. There have been eight different goal scorers this season. How important do you think that is to the, their uh, their team setup, Jared?
1: Oh, very important. You don't want to be relying, relying on just one player because all it takes is one injury and then, and then you're in big trouble. But um, from what I've seen, ever since the inclusion and, and the comeback of Jesse French into that lineup is when the results finally started to click for them. So maybe it was, he was just that missing piece they were looking for. Obviously, I haven't had a chance to have a look at them since French came back, but ever since he's come back, the results have been going well in his way. So, I think that was that was what they were missing because at the moment they are they're taking all the, all the big boys on. They've knocked off knocked off some of the big teams and uh, been unlucky not to get some points away against some other big teams. So, but um, yeah, they'll be looking at the last four games and thinking, you know, we're in a real real good chance here, and of course they don't want to avenge last year where they. Missed out on finals by one point on the final day of the season, so and they were, and they would have looked back, and I'm pretty sure Jeremy Lopez touched on it last week when they drew three all with in Park after being up three and a half time. They'll be determined not to not to let that happen again. So, but um, yeah, good on them. It's good to see. It's good to see the uh, the uh, how would you say the clubs who aren't, aren't usually considered powerhouse clubs to be up there. Ballandi's another one as well who's um, still up around the top of the league. So, good on them.
0: You just touched on it then. Uh, last week, when I spoke to Jeremy Lopez, he did touch on the fact that they desperately want to make finals. But also, Whenuna, uh Skipper, Ty Brum and Fuller, on the IPL Informer podcast last week, also alluded to that game last season where they uh, threw away a three-goal lead against the Albion Park White Eagles, so the, uh, which, which essentially cost them finals football. So, They'll be, I dare say they're more than hungry to, I guess, make that finals uh, position theirs and, and to not uh, drop out of the out of the five with their remaining four fixtures. But we'll move on to another headline from the weekend. A bit of a Coniston collapse. Now, Coniston having a shock, I guess you could say shock, a 3-0 loss to Port Kembla on the weekend. Not looking good for Coniston after, of course, pretty modest pre-season form. In the league, in their first seven outings, they've only had one win, and that came in round one against South Coast United. They have conceded a number of goals at an average of two point five seven goals a game, which is not a good reading for for Jeff Allport and his side. In if they uh, are serious of uh, making the top five, it's going to be very difficult for them for them now. But uh, considering their pre season form, Jared, it's, it's it's a bit of a shock, I guess you could say. Obviously, they were. I'm fairly certain they were undefeated in the preseason, besides the Frat Cup final that they lost. So, how disappointing is it that they uh, have only got one win in seven games in the IPL? Well,
1: they well, they pretty much were the four team of the preseason, if I remember our discussions a uh, while ago. Now, I think they only dropped the Frat Cup final and had a draw with Alien Park. But That's right. Yeah. Other than that, they won—they won every game. So, but you just got to look at their form. Ever since the competition began, and it's one win in seven games. You know, and you've got to look at some of the games. A new old draw with Tarawana would have been disappointing, considering they've got some firepower up front. But um, it's been the other end that's let them down, obviously, the goal's seed, and we will touch on that. But another game is the Bolambi 4 3 game, where they're up 3 0 with half an hour to go. And uh, that'll be they'll, be, they'll look at that as a game lost, despite Bolambi, how good they've been going at the moment. They were they were up 3-0. So that's a, another disappointing thing for them. But you've got to look at it as well. cono has got probably one of the toughest runs at home. Got, I'm just reading it here. They've got Albion Park, Winuna, Olympic, and Wollong United. I don't think you can ask for a t- t- tough run there considering Albion Park and Winuna They're looking to get in the top five. And the other two, well, we know how good the other two are. So it's going to be tough for Cono on the run
2: home.
0: I think I've tried to highlight where... Honest have, have struggled this season. I, obviously, probab- probably one of the obvious ones was losing Keanu, uh, their Japanese import, to, to suspension. He got a red card in their 5-1 loss to Bulleye. So he was out for a few fixtures there. So that would have uh, forced Jeff Allport's hand in terms of uh, m- uh, mixing and matching with their defence. So I can, I can see how, how they would concede a few goals there. But I did watch them uh two two uh, rounds ago against coromel they were they were outplayed really by coromel and, and of course they did take the lead in this game, but in saying that they did throw it away very very quickly the The goal that that Coromel scored on the day was perhaps slightly contentious, but still, my point remains saying that they threw away three points essentially in the last couple of minutes, which is disappointing, but obviously losing five on to Buller earlier in the season they don't seem to have really recovered in terms of their confidence. Uh, but there's been a few things this season that, that haven't gone right for Con- uh, Coniston. And I guess that's the story for a few clubs this season. But we're, we're highlighting Con- uh, Coniston right now. But losing Matt Chenchner for a couple of weeks was a bit of a blow. That's a bit of the, uh, the X factor in the side, if you want to put it that way. But... It probably serves the point that you can't read too much into pre-season results, uh, especially in the unusual circumstances the uh, this preseason was run this season. But they would have expected better results despite the uh, luxury of being named one of the favourites in in the competition. But perhaps the way the season is going, it's just very unpredictable. And I guess a couple of of shock results, and of course the the result against Bellamy that you touched on there, Jarrod, where they you have a couple of you have a couple of losses and you, and you down the ladder you're not where you want to be, but you would have expected them to to beat uh, Port on the weekend, wouldn't you say, Jared?
1: Well, Port Kembla is another one of those things you touched on that win, isn't where they want to be at the moment. But yeah, Port Kembla you have to look at it as well. They're equal on points for Connor now, so you know Port Kembla is is just as hard to read into at the moment. Sometimes. You think okay, they could get a result out of this one, and then other times they have a have a huge loss, which is which uh, hasn't been very good for Paul Campbell this year. But yeah, you could almost uh, Paul Campbell if they get one more win, they could easily jump up into the into the like I wouldn't say finals race, but you got to look at it. They're three points away from sixth spot, <laughs> despite their inferior goal difference, of course. But yeah. Paul Campbell's another hard team to, to to read in as well. But yeah, Cono, based on before Saturday, they were they would have liked to have a win there, but three nil. You know that's obviously you, you don't you don't win three nil just purely by luck, obviously. So yeah, but maybe Paul Campbell has finally found something. Who knows? Ever since that, uh, oh, you maybe maybe they had a wake up call against Buli as well. But yeah, uh, Connor sitting ninth at the moment, just on six points out of seven games, one win, three draws and three losses. After their pre-season form, they had they had more wins in their pre-season, in their shortened pre-season. So that uh, puts it into, into perspective as well. So, yeah, it has been disappointing for Connor so far.
0: We'll move along another... Uh, well, not really a headline, but a way the table's shaping out. There is a genuine fight for the finals positions, of course, with... Most teams having four fixtures left, of course, there is uh, one fixture to be played on Wednesday night between Bulleye and United, like I mentioned earlier. So five for those two sides. But between first and eighth place on the ladder, there's a six-point gap. And between fifth and eighth spot, there's a three-point gap. So let's say Wollongong United, if if they beat Bulleye tonight, will, they will open up a four-point gap atop of the ladder in front of Balambi. So we can pretty much say that they, 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 they have confirmed their final spot. That they've deservedly been the best side. Well, they have been the best side, deservedly so, results would suggest. So obviously they had that initial loss to Wollongong Olympic in round one, but they've adjusted their defensive shape and personnel. And so they have, I guess you would say, deserved leaders. So that leaves uh, second place Bellamy on 14 points and all the way down to eighth place Tarawana on nine points. So... How exciting is this uh, fight for finals positions, Jared?
1: Well, how good is it? (laughs) I mean, we've had a couple of stories the last couple of years where teams have broken away from the pack and such. But with the shortened nature of the season this year, we're not having that. So, um, yeah, but you looked at it, there's a short gap between ninth... Oh, sorry, eighth and uh, first. But you have to look at it as well. There's two teams, fourth and fifth bull line Olympic on 12 points. There's three teams, six seventh and eighth, Coromel, Army Park and Tarawana on nine points. But you got to look at it as well. Connor and Paul Campbell are both on six points as well. So one more win for them and they'd be in the in the chat as well. But yeah, Wollongong United, Balambi and Wanuna, 15, 14, 13 points at the moment. So I would almost argue if Wollongong United wins tonight, you got to look at it. They've got, I wouldn't say a favorable run home, but they have played against a lot of the top teams. And you got to look at their run home is after tonight, Cringula, Belambi, Allian Park and Coniston. And based on, United's form at the moment, you'd think they'd be able to get a win. They, they, they definitely would be able to get a win in all those games, albeit they're coming against some tough opposition. But I would always argue if they win tonight, is the minor premiership done? I'm not too sure, but based on their form, it could quite possibly be, because that's the last of the powerhouse inverted commas at the moment, teams that they're going up against. But it is close. It is close. And, uh, the next four weeks, next four games, is going to be very interesting. Oh, sorry, three games? Four games. Four three games. weeks. There we go. Four games to go. But yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it because you, as we're about to touch on as well, there is a race for the top five spots and most of those teams are playing against each other over the next four weeks as well, which is going to be very, very exciting.
0: And I'd just like to reiterate, of course, at the start of this headline, I did say that if Wimbledon United beat Bullard tonight, of course, Bulleye are more than capable of beating Wollongong United tonight. I, I was just putting it out mm-hmm. there. Yes. To say, to, for the example of if United win, uh, so-so, they'll be four points clear. But I don't want any Bulleye fans to attack me. I definitely think it's a evenly no, matched definitely for tonight. Bulleye's
1: definitely in the hunt. That's right.
0: But uh, with all this in mind, I and of course with a few fixtures to go, I wanted to get a bit of an early... Prediction, put your put your uh, thinking caps on, look into your crystal ball. How do you think the top five is going to look come round 11, Jared?
1: Well, please don't take this by gospel because a lot, as, as we know, a lot can happen in this league and a lot has happened over the last week as well. But my top five at the moment, I've got first, Fulongong United, just purely based on form. They've been the best team all year so far. Second, I've got Bulleye. I reckon, look, they went down 2-0 in the Bampin Cup final over the weekend. Both more reports from both sides. The game could have gone either way. I believe uh was it Olive or Peter Vakovsky said the game could have gone either way. Bull eye representatives, I think the game could have gone either way, but again, United deserved the win. Uh third, I've got Wollongong Olympic. They've got I'm pretty sure they've got a half decent run home. They've got Paul Campbell, Albin Park, Coniston and Tarawana. All games they believe they can get a win. So I reckon they're sitting fifth at the moment. Obviously, not too far away from first, obviously, considering how tight the nature of the competition is. But I do have Olympic in third. I think they can hopefully get a bit of form. Fourth, I've got Balambi. I reckon they'll still hang around. They've got, obviously, we've it's been well documented. They've got a tough run home. Obviously, got Tarot this weekend, United, Beloit and Carmel. But really steeply, I reckon they could get at least six points from... From, uh, that, from that run, of, run home and you've got to look at it as well. They were m- a minute away from knocking off Olympic on the weekend. So that's, uh, that's my fourth team. And fifth, I've got Winuna sneaking in as well because like we said, they got a relatively decent run home. They've played all, against the big teams already. But uh, some points I want to make as well, Carmel on Balambi and Carmel against Winona, which Carmel against Winuna this weekend, Carmel against Balambi on the last day. Those two games could change everything. If Coromel gets results in both those games, you could easily see Coromel sneaking into the five at the expense of one of those teams. So those two teams could be the difference between Coromel making it and Coromel missing out because you've got to look at it. They had a 3-0 win on the weekend, much needed 3-0 win. And another one as well is Albion Park. They're still in the fight, but they do have a really tough front home. They've got Coniston, Olympic, Wollongong United, and Bula, it is tough especially the last three games based on the, power, they've got three of the powerhouse teams in the comp to finish it off. But that's the reason why they're out of my five at the moment, but a few bigger results against those teams could definitely change it up.
0: I agree with you. Mostly I'll, I'll give you my predictions and, and why we we actually have all the same teams, but the positions are slightly different. So I'll, I'll, I'll run through mine. Obviously common theme for us too is i also, believe Wollongong United will finish first. I think they've, they've been the best team thus far. They've got quality up front. And they also, probably more importantly, have adjusted some defensive shape. And and, and their personnel has, has relatively stayed the same in terms of the back four and Jordan Nikoloski in goals for the majority of the season. And they've been the best team currently in the competition. So, I believe they will finish uh, first in the uh, revamped uh, season for twenty twenty, I I'm going to put Wollongong Olympic in second. I've I've, I've said all season, and I, and <laughs> they've they've proven me wrong in a sense with some with some games, uh, some drop points here and there. But they are a quality side. Obviously, they've got the likes of Keating and Every at the back, and Justin Passfield. Obviously, you has a Gower up front as well, and he's uh, occasionally been linking well. With John Martinoski, that hasn't quite worked as much as George Antonio would have liked. I, I, can, say, I
1: ask you a, can I ask you a question about Olympic? Do you reckon they've underperformed this year?
0: It's a tough one. I've I've seen. I'll say yes and no, and that's probably like the, the most sit on the fence. <laughs> answer. on the fence. But i I've, I've watched them a couple of times. I watched them against United in round one, where they were. Electric. They were they were sensational, and I also watched them against uh, eye obviously with their two-two draw in that first half. They went in. They went in to the halftime break two-one up. They they went 2 0 up and and uh, conceded a goal straight away. But in that first 35 35-40 minutes, they were, I I thought as if they were the benchmark side in the IPL this season, but. The thing that concerns me is, is uh, drop points. Obviously, they they uh, probably should have uh, kept the three points against Bulleye. They they had a two-all draw with Balambi on the weekend, despite the fact that they uh, the are, are flying high this season. But I think they ha- I think you could say that they have underperformed. I think there's certain players in that side that have, that have underperformed, which has not helped. But that's not to say that come finals time, if they're second, third, fourth, that they can't do damage. I think they're they can beat any team on the day and they've beaten Wollongong United. So that proves that point true. But I think with their fixture list, list remaining that they've got, they've got uh, Port Kembla, they've got the White Eagles, which will be a tough game. They've got Coniston, they've got Tarawana. I think they're all games that they can certainly win. So I believe that they'll pick up, say, nine, nine points from those, from those uh, 12 points available, I dare say. But as, as we've said before, you never know with this league. But uh, I'll move on. Uh, third place, I think, uh, will be Bulleye. I think they're also in a similar vein with Olympic. They are favourites in the majority of their fixtures. Obviously, they've got Wollongong United on Wednesday night. Then they move on to South Coast United at home on the weekend. Coromel, Balambi and Albion Park White Eagles. There is uh, some tough fixtures there, but I think that they will get the job done. I think they're a good side. I think they're quality up front. And if they can sort out, I guess, a few... Uh, defensive errors, I guess you could say, that, that they could uh, definitely be uh, finishing in that top three. The last, uh, well, fourth place, uh, you and I have got, I've got this the other way around, Jared, but I think that the fourth place will be Winuna. I think, as I mentioned earlier, their fixture list in their last four games are pretty favourable for, for the Sharky. So I think they'll be eager to rewrite the wrongs of last season, so to speak, where they, they really should have made the top five, but kind of threw it away at the last minute. And then coming in at fifth, I think, Bellamy having a sensational season so far. But I've, I've put them down to fifth because they do have some tough fixtures and I and I do see a potential for them to drop points in some of those. Obviously, they have uh, Tarawana on the weekend away from home, but then they have two home fixtures in a row, Wollongong United and Bulli. So that may make or break where they finish this season. And in an away game, like Jared mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. the away game to Coromel, which will be a very crucial fixture. But we'll move on and I'll I'll continue on the Rosella's uh, notion. The Rosies almost bloomed on the weekend. They were one kick away, essentially, from uh, beating Wangong Olympic. How massive would, would have that have been if John Martinoski didn't score a late free kick?
1: Oh, God, that would have been huge, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's been well documented how hard their run home is, but... If they got a big result out of that, a three-point result out of that, God, who who knows what the, what was going to happen over the next few weeks. But um, I believe a certain Vaughan Patterson scored a double against his former club as well. And I believe one of them was off a corner or was it two of them off a corner?
0: I believe one was a penalty and I believe, that, I believe yeah. the first one was a penalty and, I, and uh, it was a coolly taken penalty from all accounts and I – believe the second one was a header from Vaughn Patterson, so I dare say it was probably from a corner, but I've been wrong before, but I it was a header I'm anyway. I'm pretty
1: sure, because because the weird thing I thought about the week before when they played South Coast was that Vaughn Patterson was taking the corner, so he wasn't in the box. So, I don't, I don't I didn't understand why he wasn't in there in the first place, because um, he scored a couple off his head from a corner this year, so... But, yeah, a double for Vaughan, VP, Vaughn Patterson, and uh, like, like we've said before, he certainly had a part to play in this one, but... God, Slushy didn't fire on the weekend. I was a bit disappointed with that. and I was, was looking for the headlines. I didn't see Slush. So, that's another couple of dollars into the Slush jar.
0: You can't fire every weekend, old Slushy. I'm sorry, Jared. I know yes, he does. Uh, he's your best mate. But I, <laughs> he can't do it every weekend. But uh, uh. Uh, at the other end of the Rosella's lineup, uh, Bryce Darnell made a couple of critical saves denying John Martinoski. And you has a gower early in this one. So... Olympic really could have, uh, I guess, ended the game early, early if these chances went into the back of the net. But uh, obviously, Liam Unicum made a return to the starting 11 on, on this fixture. He missed the previous fixture against South Coast United through an injury. but uh, So they had the, the, the fantastic uh, trio, or the terrific trio, if you want to use an alliteration. Uh, Cody Cuthbertson, uh, Brad Watts, Slushy, as you just alluded to, and Liam, <laughs> Liam Unicum. But I don't think it's the worst. Well, it's obviously not the worst result in the world for Balambi. But after Vaughan Patterson scores a late, thumping header, I believe say it's the 85th minute, I believe it was around that mark, it'd be pretty disappointing to concede in the first minute of injury time, I believe it was, uh, and not get all three points uh, at Elizabeth Park.
1: He's- probably one of the worst feelings of football when you take a lead and then within a couple of minutes you lose it and especially when you're so close to knocking off a power ass team like Olympic being a team who's at the time was undefeated but in the in the end uh, yeah dro- dropping two points in the dying stages against, against Olympic, it would have been it would have been a huge result for Bolambi. like we, we've harped on it but it's their first year out of district league and they're still fine at the top of the league, but yeah. And you got, and you got to look at it as well. Two out of the three players up top for them in their front three were also playing district league last year, mind you. So yeah, it's, it is kind of the, one of the fairy tale stories of the year, but God, if they got a result out of the Olympic, that would have been absolutely huge for the Rosellas, but fortunately not to be. And um I wonder if that had an effect on them come Sunday, Avo when they took on Winuna as well, which I believe we're going to touch on.
0: We can touch on it. They uh, obviously went down 1-0 to Winuna It would have been fairly disappointing. I, I, I believe it, the game, or well, obviously the game would have been, there would have been a few sore bodies in that one. Obviously both sides played the day before, but two sides that are, of course, flying high, not not really sitting in the positions that uh, most would have uh, seen them to be sitting in seven weeks ago, so uh, so to speak. But uh, very disappointing for the Rosellas, I guess, to lose that one.
1: Oh, but it was it was huge for Winuna to win it as well, because no one was expecting it based on Roselle, the Rosellas' form. But Winuna had a good weekend out. The four points from six could have easily been six as well. So. Against two teams who they are battling for the top five as well, so they are important results for the Sharkies. But uh, yeah, look, it, after the season they've had so far, to have their first loss of the year and I believe it was at home as well, it was a bit, it was disappointing for the Rosellas. But look, you can't dishearten them a bit. One loss out out of how many is it now? Seven games. Got to look at how many how many other teams have lost just once. <laughs> you know. Longong United lost once, the Lambies lost once. The only other team who hasn't lost is Bulla, mm. so they they that's it that's it. So you got to say they're still and they're and they're at the moment as we were calling this, they're ahead of Bulla. Of course, the wins tonight, they'll jump them. But at the moment, still quite a successful full season for them. But it's going to be a tough run home.
0: Mm. The IPL ladder is looking very precarious at the moment. It's uh... Gonna be interesting to see how a few fixtures turn out. But uh, we'll leave the weekend headlines there uh, after the break. Uh, stay with us. We'll, be re- uh, we'll be previewing, rather, round eight of the IPL this upcoming weekend. I'll be joined by Illawarra Mercury journalist Josh Bartlett. He makes his second appearance on the show. And uh, we'll also be joined by Tarawana Bluey's captain Mitchell Ferraro after his side's 3-1 win over Cringilla on the weekend. And welcome back to the South Coast Holic Podcast. For this segment, I'm joined by Illawarra Mercury journalist, Josh Bartlett, for his second appearance on the show. Josh, how have you been, mate? Good, thanks, Jordy. Thanks for having me back, mate. <laughs> Not a problem. And with us as well is... Tarawana Bluey's captain, Mitchell Ferraro. Mitch, how have
3: you been? Yeah, you're good, man. Good. Thanks for having me here today.
0: No worries. And I'll uh, start with you first, Mitch. You, your team had a 3-1 win over Cringilla on the weekend. Would you say it was a fairly routine victory?
3: Um, yeah, I suppose. It was, it was good to be on top for once, um, especially going up 2-0. Um, if it was good. Um, even though like this first twenty minutes we weren't um, as good as we th- we can be, but we started to pick it up in the f- like late half of the second first half. So yeah, no, it was good to get on top this week after a disappointing result last week. So it was good to get some momentum towards the back end. So it's good.
0: It's probably fair to say your side is is fairly hard to predict this season, and you you can probably put that down to a couple of new faces in, in the squad, but overall as the captain and as a player in the team, are you satisfied in the sense that you've gotten some really positive results with a, with a relatively new 11 this season or a relatively new squad in that, in that aspect?
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, um, it's like I said, always said from the start, you know, we always, we always believe in what we have and, um, and the people that we have do the job. So um, it's just getting experience behind their backs and working as a team and, um, you know, working working the things that we're good at and finding out the things that we're good at to progress during games. And it's, it's slowly, slowly coming. But, um, yeah, it's, it's good to hopefully, hopefully keep them on for next year as well. So it gives us an extra hand.
0: And in this game on the weekend, you yourself got on the score sheet. Talk us through that one, mate. That doesn't uh, happen <laughs> too often, does it?
3: No, it's, uh, it's um it's pretty rare actually. And they get one a season, I think. But um no, it was it was it was good to get on the score sheet. Um I actually actually gave the foul away and they they try to play a quick one and I've intercepted the ball back and I've passed it to our striker, Zach. And he's held the ball up and then he's put a free ball into Nikki and um the three ball was kind of a little bit 50-50 between the keeper and our striker Nicky got there and just squared it to me and I was just in a tapping open goals yeah so yeah, it was good
0: there you go I'm sure you would have enjoyed that one I'll move into the review of the Burt Bampton Cup final that was played on Sunday at Ian McLennan Park it was Wollongong United ended up 2-0 victors over Bulleye. that's Wollongong United's fifth Burt Bampton Cup to their name that takes them level with Port Kembler and Bulleye in the history of that competition. That statistic was brought to me by Dylan Arvela of the IPL Informer. Josh, you were at the game, mate. What did you make of the game overall?
2: Yeah, I was just talking to you off air about it, that I think uh, the the scoreline didn't reflect the the closeness of the game. Um, Both teams were quite solid at the back, uh, particularly United. I thought Jordan uh, Nikolovsky, the goalkeeper, had a cracking game, so he was. I think I was talking, sitting with Dylan. You mentioned Dylan Avella sitting with him watching the game, and he he reckons that um he deserved me on the match. I think so, and part of the truth. look, it came down to contentious decision, I guess. Um, which um it probably was the right call, but just seems harsh in a <laughs> in a game like that. You know, I said to you as well uh, beforehand. You'd love to see a lovely, you know, goal from outside the box to decide a game, not like a contentious um. Free kick, basically. So penalty spots. So, uh, and then the, oh, by then, the, all the momentum was United. They scored again, and that was it. So, um, what do you like about Bully as well? I think their Evans I had a really good game, and on another day, he might have scored one or two goals. So, interesting game. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, back up uh, on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, both these sides are, are playing at uh, Balls Paddock tonight. Uh, just after we record this podcast, so it will be interesting to see how. That result turns out now, Mitch. You've played both these sides in the league. Did did the two 0 result to United surprise you any, anyway, or did you think that they probably
3: were going to win this one? Um, I was kind of could have gone either way, I guess. Um, reverse obviously reversed both of them. Um, yeah, they're, they're both strong teams, you know. They're, they're all both going to be up at the top. Um, we went down two 0 to Willingham United. Um. We just we couldn't get into the game. They they kind of held, had the game most of it, and yeah, they yeah. they're pretty dominant. And you know they they're quick. You know they they can punish you when they when they always when you make mistakes. So, but with with Eye, we played them on that windy day. So, I mean, it was very difficult to, to. It was good to get a draw out of that, but that was probably a fair result there. But same game with Bulli, you know, they're always up there and they're always pretty good. So, I mean. I didn't see the game on the weekend, so, um, yeah, I can't really comment on it as much.
0: Josh, uh, I wanted to talk to you about or ask you about uh, the goal scorer of Wollongong United's second goal, young Jeremy Flanagan. He's been playing – he's been getting minutes for United in the IPL this season and in the Bert bampton Cup, and he's been playing uh, mostly reserve grade but getting a lot of, a lot of run, a good a lot of game time, I should say, in – First grade, what did you make of his contribution on the weekend and also his goal? And what have you, have you liked what you've seen from him so far?
2: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, it's, it's funny, if it wasn't Nikoloski, it was best on ground. It was possibly him. Um, he, he had a cracker. I think he came on about half time or well, just after half time, but his impact was immediate. So yeah, it looks like a good young talent. And uh, it was a nice goal. He was in the right spot. It was a, a lovely um, cross to him and he was just in the right spot. But you got to finish those as well. Uh, I believe he also scored the second goal in the uh, Pratt Cup Grand Final as well. So obviously good at bobbing up at uh, important times for United as well. So yeah, lots to like about
0: Jeremy. He's a good young player. Yeah, definitely a good uh, prospect for the future. In terms of the game tonight, we've sort of mentioned it uh, at Balls Paddock. Buli versus United. Do you do you see a any any chance of a turnaround tonight? Obviously uh, will be looking to. Rewrite a, a couple of wrongs?
2: Yeah, well I had a quick chat to, to Ben McDonald. And I thank Ben for having a quick chat to me after the game. It's always, it always sucks when you lose a final. So, he was very gracious. Didn't say a lot, but didn't need to. And uh, I got the feeling they really were hurting. And they'd be keen to bounce back as quickly as possible. Uh, being back at Balls Paddock will help them as well. Um, whether they'll get the win or not, I'm not sure, mate. It's, it's too hard to pick with those two teams. They're, they're quite closely matched.
0: That's exactly right. I'm struggling to pick this one for tonight, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'll be going to the game tonight, so we'll. I'm, I'm excited to go and watch it, to be honest. Uh, I'll move into the Round 8 IPL preview, and the first game I'll, I'll talk about is uh, Bulleye at home at Balls Paddock to South Coast United. Uh, Bulleye are still the only undefeated side in the Illawarra Premier League. They've scored 19 goals so far this season, which Probably uh, well, does prove the point that they have one of the, if not the best attacking sides in the league. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, you've got uh, South Coast United, who are, are still on the foot of the table, yet to get their first win of the season. Uh, Josh, surely a Bulli win in this one, do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for Bulli is how they bounce back three well, three games in seven days. Um whether they start rotating a couple of plays around tonight and also on Saturday. Um, I've said before, I think on here, I think South Coast United have been better than maybe the bottom of the table position shows. But uh, it'll be hard to contain that attack of Belize, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I I will say for for South Coast United, I believe, and and Greg Valich can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that South Coast United have not fielded the same 11 for consecutive games this season. And I believe they probably haven't, fielded the same back four for consecutive games this season. So it does make it very hard for uh, South Coast United side to get any cohesion. Uh, Greg Valich himself is uh, slowly making his return to the first team. He's played a couple of games in second grade the last couple of weeks. But, uh, Mitch, I wanted to ask you your tip, but South Coast United's best 11, if they field it on the weekend, do you think they can get uh, anything out of this game against Buller?
3: Um, yeah, well, it, it kind of just depends on the day. I mean, anyone in this league um can win at any any game, you know, they're just depending. But um yeah, like you said before the different lineups that they had, it's a bit um disruptive in a team sense. Um I just I think Bullard would still be too good with their attack three. So yeah, I still think Bullard would come up on top.
0: I'll move on to Wollongong United versus Cringilla. Obviously, we've talked about it uh, before this. Uh, Wollongong United coming off their Burt Bampton Cup win. Cringilla are the only other side, or well, they are the other side with South Coast United, rather, to not uh, notch up a win this season. Mitch, you played against Cringilla last weekend. Uh, how do you see this one uh, turning out?
3: Uh, I think um, Wollongong United will get the win here. Um, yeah, I think they'll just be too good. They'll play them off the park and um, yeah, I think that will be a pretty comfortable win for them.
0: A bit of a a side note for this match. According to a couple of sources, uh, their star man signed for this season. Uh, Peter Simonowski, may miss the rest of the season due to a knee injury, so this will no doubtably be quite a blow for Kringila this weekend and, and also for the remainder of the season, depending on the severity of the injury but uh Wollongong United they've they've only conceded four goals so far this season which has been uh talked about uh quite a bit but on the other side of it they've only scored 10 goals which is actually the third lowest total in the competition which is quite remarkable I think and Josh do you think this will be a concern a concern for Oliver Toski for the remainder of the season or do you think as long as this side he sides keeping clean sheets he probably won't be too concerned
2: I'd go with the second one I mean it's possibly the joker in the pack they have for down the track, if they can get the attack together. Um, but yeah, look, look, talking to, to Danny Lazarevsky last week, they, they really do pride themselves on their defense, like led by him back there as well. So um, yeah, look, Angela on the other hand, I mean, Stuart Betty, their coach has been the first to admit they've had defense issues all year. Um, so I, I can't see anything but a United
0: win. Yeah. I think with, with United, obviously they had that, that uh, round one loss to Wollongong Olympic and they, we're, we're fairly concerned with their performance that day and they've they've fixed a few things at the back, so they will be uh, and they have been uh, very defensively resolute since then, so I'll be picking a Wollongong United win in this one as well uh, I'll move on to Wollongong Olympic versus Port Kembler Olympic sitting in fifth at the moment uh, they've had two games without a win, obviously with their last gasp uh, draw with bulleye on the weekend and in the in that game. Against Boulamie, they, they did have a couple of chances early on. There was, I believe, John Martinowski and Yu Zagawa, both four saves out of Boulamie goalkeeper Bryce Darnell. But, Josh, I got asked this by Jared Pollard in the first segment of this show, but I wanted to ask you because I don't feel like my answer was... Uh, I felt like I, sit on the, I sat on the fence a bit, so I'm going to get your answer to this. Do you feel like Wollongong, United, uh, Wollongong Olympic rather, are underperforming this season given the squad that they have at their disposal? Good question, mate. They um they jumped jumped
2: out of the box and were playing you know, great football early on, but they just seem to be struggling to get that win of late. But um, Well, their coach tells me they've got a young squad, so I have to back him in on that and say that maybe... Oh, that's a hard one, mate. I'll, I'll
0: jump on the fence too. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> I'm jumping on the no,
0: fence on that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had to... You'll... Uh... It was, I've said this in the first uh, segment of the show. I did sit on the fence on that one as well. It's, it's a hard question. I, I, I think they've got some quality in their in their lineup. Obviously, they've got Keating and Every at the back. They've got Justin Passfield. John Martinovsky is a, a bit of an IPL stalwart. They've got Yu Hazegawa as well. But in saying that, you did mention the young players. They've got the likes of Keegan Matthias and, and James Carley. So, there's a bit of uh, youth and experience in that side. They've also got Luke Foster as well. So, it's an interesting one, that question. Uh, but on the Port Kembla side of things, I had a fairly solid win against Coniston last week, but they're another side that are quite hard to predict. But uh, I'll throw it to you, Mitch. Who do you think
3: will win uh, in this fixture? I'll go with Long Olympic. I think just they've got too much experience in their team. Um, even if they have been underperforming, us they're still at the place to... Um, pull through, make wins. You know, they've got the big players. So, um, yeah, I mean, Johnny Martinovsky's quality. You know, he's still got the rest of the players, James Baldy, Jack Keating, and you've got Joey Laval as well. So they can still, they all step up. And um, I think it'll be a comfortable win for them as well.
0: Josh, I don't know if you've if you already answered this, but who's your tip for this weekend in, in this fixture, I should say?
2: I uh, will say one thing. This is possibly my cheeky vote for game of the round, but um, <laughs> it'll be interesting this or the next one we're going to talk about. So, um, yeah, look, they're playing some good football at the moment. They've um, they've had some you know off off field issues in terms of coaching and whatnot this year, but they've banked a couple of wins in the last few weeks. Uh, so they'll they'll be full of confidence in this game. Um, from my perspective, I'm actually going to pick a draw. I think it'll be a one, one or two or draw.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to stick with Wollongong Olympic in this one, but uh, it will be interesting. I, I, as I said, Port Kembla are very uh, unpredictable, I guess, in the sense of the word at the moment. But uh, I'll move to the game that uh, Mitch will be involved in, Tarawana versus Balambi on Saturday at Tarawana Oval. It's a clash that's shaping to be a pretty open and expansive uh, contest, I, I dare say. But Mitch, obviously with... Balambi losing to Winuna in their catch-up game on Sunday and they had to play the two games in two days. Are you boys quietly confident of getting a good result here?
3: Um, I, I believe we can get a result here. Um, but, you know, it's going to be, it's gonna be a, big ta- a big task for us. Um, you know, obviously them being top of the table, them being the benchmark of the all year. Um, I mean, yeah, it'll be a good test for, for us to see see where we're at and obviously competing with the best. And um, obviously they're coming off a loss, so they're going to be up for it. So, but I reckon, um, yeah, i still believe in the boys and we can all pull in. I reckon we can pull this one off as well.
0: One thing I noticed about your side, Mitch, that the goal scoring has been shared around quite a bit in your team. You've got Zach Mazeski scored three. Nick Tomasello scored two. Of course, you have uh, scored one on the weekend and, and there's others as well. Does this make, do, in your opinion, does this make you a harder, a harder side for, for coaches and players alike and journalists as well, to predict?
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, we've got those young boys up front. They've got plenty of pace. Um, you know, they're just... They're, they're, they're picking up confidence, which is good, you know. And um, like I said about last week, I mean, we don't, we've, we don't struggle for to score goals, which is a good sign, um, and it's all shared around. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, anyone, anyone could score on a day. It's just, yeah, it's just if we put them through.
0: And Balambi obviously played the two games on the weekend and they couldn't win either fixture. So that will definitely uh frustrate Rosellas coach Andy Payne, but they were they were minutes away in that game against Olympic, uh, from getting the all getting all three points, I I should say. So it shows they definitely deserve to be where they are. Uh Josh, do you think this will affect the Rosellas at all or do you think it will be a, a business as usual? Um Approach from from uh, Paney and the uh, team. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how they back back up
2: um, bounce back from that first loss of the year. Obviously, difficult circumstances: two games, two days, not the ideal preparation for that second game against Winona. Um But mind you, Winona had the same preparation too. So um, yeah, I think I think Belen, I think it'll be a close game. But I think
0: Ballandean might bounce back this week and uh, get the win. Sorry, Mitch. <laughs> That's right. <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask you your tip, Mitch, but I think I know which way you're going to swing. But I'm going to pick a draw in this one. I think it'll be a pretty uh, open contest, as I mentioned before. I can see a few goals in this one. So hopefully uh, a scored draw for the neutral would be a good uh, match to watch. I'll move on to the last Saturday fixture, uh, Coniston against Albion Park White Eagles. Coniston, uh, we we touched on it in the earlier segment with Jared. They, they've struggled thus far this season. Uh, these two sides in particular played out a one-all pre-season result, but must be said that uh, the lineups are substantially different uh, now, back uh, compared to when that game was played some eight or nine weeks ago. But it really is a game where where neither side can really drop to afford to drop points in the sense of. Uh, battling for a top five in particular, probably Albion Park. They're more desperate to win this one in the sense that they really are they, themselves would admit they're expected to make the top five, whereas Coniston have dropped off the eight ball a little bit. But Josh, who do you see coming out on top in this one?
2: Yeah, like I've said before, I thought Conno impressive teams during the pre season, but they just haven't quite clicked during this IPL season. I think they're just below like, you guys uh, a win behind Caruana. I mean, so. Uh, look, uh, Albion Park, I feel like they're slowly starting to get it together after a slow start of the year um, on the back of, of the form of um, Cameron Morgan for mine. I think he's been brilliant the last couple of weeks. I think he's got five, five or so goals. Five goals in the last two weeks, something like that. So uh, I, I think uh, Albion Park will continue that good form this weekend.
0: And Mitch, your team played in a pretty fascinating result, not last uh, fixtures, uh, not last round rather, the round before in the 5-4 loss to Albion Park White Eagles. Is is that, I guess, that, I want to say leaky, leaky defence, but as defensive error is something that Coniston can definitely exploit in this Albion Park side this weekend?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think this fixture will have plenty of goals in it. Um, I mean, like you said, Cameron Morgan's been probably the best player for them. They've still got BD as well and Jordan Nikoloski. Um, um, I think they've got plenty of strike power, so I think I mean, I think it'll be end to end stuff. I'll probably say it's a draw. I mean, I think, I still think Connor can jag a few goals as well. So um, I think it'll be end to end stuff for that game.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it'll be an entertaining fixture. Both sides haven't exactly uh, been resolute in defence. So it will be, well, it looks like it's going to be a pretty high scoring match. But I will digress to the last fixture of the round of round eight in the IPL. And this match is played on Sunday between Coromel and Winoona horrible made it public this week that Rob Janowski will not be head coach in 2021. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe performing to fight for the Carmel players, maybe um, attempting to get a spot in their team for next season, so to speak, but, I watched them on the weekend against South Coast United where they were 3-1, uh, 3-0 victors rather and Rick Goodchild obviously had a fantastic game with a smart finish uh, from outside the box and also another outside the box shot uh, free kick was the second goal. So he's obviously probably one of their main outlets but they're, they're currently a side that's not really in the conversation to finish in the top five which is pretty remarkable considering that... Um, they are the defending grand final winners but Josh, do you feel in all all honesty that they deserve to be up there in the table in the games that you've watched them play? Because I've seen them play against uh, Coniston and South Coast United and their performances probably warrant finals football but there's just been some results that haven't gone their way.
2: Yeah, look they've had a a few changes. I think um, Van Elias got injured um, which has been a massive blow for them obviously but on the flip side, they got you know, picked up uh, Rick Goodchild, who you know, Mitch obviously knows really well from the blue days. so And he's playing great football at the moment. So, <laughs> I, I've mentioned before, I kind of call them the Sleeping Giants at the moment, Coromel, because I feel like they've got a lot more to offer. And and like you said, they've just had those kind of lapses um, during games, which has probably hurt them maybe a bit. So, um, yeah, it's a hard one. This, this is a hard one to pick, because Wanoona have been excellent this year. Um, I think they've been probably the surprise packets alongside the lambies So... This is probably the hardest game I think to pick on the weekend out of all the matches, but I'll, I'll go with a draw cause I just
0: can't um, work it out to be honest. <laughs> I was struggling to work out who the favorite in this match would be. You, you'd probably say Winuna slightly, but keeping in mind that Coramall obviously had that win on the weekend and Winuna played two fixtures. So I'm really struggling to pick this one. I, I, I think it will be a draw, but it's going to be a pretty intriguing contest. Uh, Mitch, uh, what's your thoughts on this match?
3: Uh, yeah, well, oh, it's just, like you said, it's a very tough one. Um, obviously, we well, are coming off a big win. I mean, they'll be buzzing for the next game, and um, hopefully, they can put themselves in a um, top five spot. I mean, this is a big game for both teams. Obviously, like you know what I said, top five spot. So, I mean, I think I'll go for a draw. I think it'll be a bit of a battle game, um, but yeah, I think it'll be a draw.
0: There's a few games this week in the IPL that we're sitting on the fence and just probably shows how tight the competition is at the moment. But we'll wrap up the round eight preview there. Uh thanks for coming on, uh Josh and Mitch. You've I uh, I appreciate both your uh time and good luck for the for the weekend and your fixture, Mitch.
3: No, nice, thanks, mate. Thanks for having you. And thanks, John. Josh, thanks for having me
0: Josh too mate. Always, <laughs> Yeah, Josh as always, thanks thanks for coming on, mate. Uh I know you're, you're a busy man, so thanks for uh, taking the time out. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me on again. No worries. We will wrap it up there and join us after the break. We'll be uh, delving into NPL Corner. We'll move into NPL Corner now. Obviously, a good win on the weekend for... The Wollongong Wolves. It was fairly comfortable for Luke Wilkie's side, and uh, Blacktown City have had a couple of uh, disappointing results. Uh, have sort of been struggling this season, so it was an. I guess you could say it was an expected win for Wollongong, but still they had to get the uh, the job done. But uh, the goals to Josh Bingham. Uh, I believe that's his first for the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it's definitely the first of the season for young Marcus Beatty. So all in all, it sounds like an impressive result for the Wollongong Wolves.
1: Yeah, Marcus Beatty's had a couple of good games on the Wolves, even though he hasn't had a goal. But it's good for him to finally get a goal. Hopefully that spurs him on a bit. But TJ's first game back. And one thing I noticed, he wasn't seen as the kind of guy to score all the goals for the Wolves. If anything, he was trying to create them. And I believe he had a hand in Bingham's goal. Or if I'm wrong, it might have been Bingham's goal where he hit a nice little ball towards the, the striker. But he didn't look too bad in old Thomas James. So um, I think he's had to prove a couple of people wrong towards the end of the NPL season. But the Wolves need to continue this this on now. that They've been a bit inconsistent this year. Of course, the wins they have gotten have been huge wins and they've been very good wins. But the points i have dropped in have been quite disappointing in the games. They have dropped points. But look, they definitely have the firepower to go on and win this thing again. And I can guarantee Luke Wilkeshire will be the first person to say that. But yeah, so the Wolves are going to be looking for a couple more big wins to round out the year before they get into the finals. You'd think they'd be in the finals based on some of the results they've had. So
0: hopefully they'll be
1: there or thereabouts come uh, hopefully grand final time.
0: And obviously, in this one, there was not many chances for, for Blacktown, but Luke Wilkshire did praise his team's defensive effort, uh, labelling fa- labelling it fantastic. Obviously, we've uh, had a couple of uh, players return to that uh, back four, if you like, but uh, he pointed out uh, Nick Lidler and veteran Wolves defender Chris Price in, uh, as fantastic in negating any chances Blacktown could have mustered. Particularly from long throw-ins and, and set-piece situations, uh, so it's a, I guess it's a positive that uh, the defence in this one, in this fixture, seems to be uh, switched on, so to speak.
1: Well, Nick Little got mayor of the match, so good on him. I reckon he's one of the most composed defenders in the MPL so far. He's, he's, he's a very good head to have um, at the back of the Wolves' lineup, but. Chrissy Price has come back in to, into the lineup after wasn't too sure if he was going to come back after the COVID break, but look, his experience is absolutely invaluable. Obviously, Premiership winner with the Wolves, Championship winner with the Wolves, and yeah, look, to have him in there has been a big plus for them. And those two, those two together, oh, it would be it's fantastic to have those two back. But uh, has Nikola Djordjevic come back yet? I believe he's played he's, two, back.
0: he's played two he's fixtures. Back. Yes, yeah. he
1: has. So. And you chuck him in there as well. And uh, who else you got? Taylor McDonald. And, uh, yeah, so there's plenty of other players. Forgive me if I've missed one, but there's plenty of uh, firepower in the Wolves as There is up top as well, so it's good for them.
0: Yeah, the firepower up front was probably the biggest, or was the biggest story of the weekend. And young Marcus Beatty, of course, we just mentioned, but... uh, it was a long, a long scoring drought. Uh, well, he broke his long-time scoring drought, and it was his first goal of the season. But it's always good. I always think it's a, a positive for the IPL. And uh, of course, Marcus Beatty, being a former IPL product, when they, when they're scoring and playing well in the NPL, obviously you've got uh, Guy Knight, obviously playing for the Wolves as well, uh, for, former Bulli, former Bulli player. So it just reassures the notion that the the quality in the the Illawarra is 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 very high, uh, so it's uh, a positive. And hopefully, uh, Marcus scores a few more goals before the season's out. Uh, we'll move on to our Illawarra Stingrays. They went down to Manly United three nil in this fixture. Manly, uh, obviously, a quality side. They have a uh, a couple of the W League, uh, I guess, constants. I guess you could say they've. Got Ali Green, a left back at Sydney FC, and, and, and Remy Seamson, who, of course, won the I believe she was equal golden boot winner in the W League the previous season. So, and if she netted one on, on the weekend against the Stingrays, so it was uh, maybe a, maybe a game where the Stingrays were never really favourites, but it's still a bit disappointing to not get anything out of this one.
1: Well, the game was over after half an hour. There was 3-0 after half an hour. So I guess it's good that the Stingrays didn't didn't let in any more goals after that. Because if the trend continued from the first half an hour, God knows what the score would have ended up. But uh, yeah, the Stingrays... They've had a couple of big losses now. I believe they had that 4-0 loss against Institute earlier in the year and now they've got this one. Now they had three wins on the trot, but there are three teams they really needed to beat and really should have beaten. But yeah, to come up against the bigger teams and yeah, to concede three goals inside half an hour was extremely disappointing. So, but they still got a fight. They still got a chance to make this top five. So hopefully they can continue that on. And obviously they've got they've got their own uh, firepower as well. So with League experience in there as well. So... They have definitely got the team to be in the top five, and they. I think they should be. They should be in the top five based on the the team they've got.
0: Yeah, it's probably fair to say they've had a bit of a sluggish uh, season so far. But there's a couple of stories involving the Stingrays outside of this uh, fixture that I just wanted to touch on. There was some uh, contract signing news with young. Uh, I believe she's 20 years of age. Young fullback Danika. Matos re-signing with Western Sydney Wanderers for the upcoming W League season. I saw her in action last season and she played a few games at right back. So she's uh, content on making that spot her own for the upcoming W League season when it gets underway. And she's not the only uh, Illawarra Stingray to commit to Western Sydney Wanderers. Obviously, you've got Caitlin Cooper, Olivia Price and Chloe Middleton also signing with the club and I guess that uh, leads me into my next story involving the Stingrays. There, was, there has been talk of a, a Wellington Phoenix-based W League team in Wollongong. Now, I, I thought this was very intriguing. And you'd probably have to say it's probably, aside from where the team is based, you'd have to say it's probably the best time for a Wellington Phoenix W League team in the sense that they, well, that New Zealand will be co-hosting a World Cup in three years' time.
1: Well, if not now, certainly in a year or two, because you want a you want a New Zealand team. If you got a New Zealand team in the A League, you certainly need one in the W League. Considering you're hosting the biggest women's football tournament in the world in about what three years now, so you need you need something like that. And if this is where you have to start it off, this is where you have to start it off. I won't complain if we got a outside W League team based in Wellington for a bit, and I'll be I'll be cheering. But yeah, so yeah, I reckon. Maybe, maybe not now's the best time, with all obviously the economic climate going on at the moment, and the and obviously this massive global pandemic. But certainly within a year or two, you'd have to be thinking about getting the phoenix up and running as well. If now's the right time, and obviously there's people probably making decisions who know more than what I do. So now's the right time, then yeah, go for it for sure.
0: The stingrays of gone on publicly and said that they, they they don't feel as if they're personally ready to have a uh, Illawarra Stingray side in the W League the question was thrown at them as to whether that would be a they would prefer that obviously uh if a Wellington side was based in Wollongong they uh, it, they they were asked whether or not that would make them uh, happy or not and they they've, they've said that they they would be supportive of a, of a Wellington side based in Wollongong and they don't necessarily believe that if they had the opportunity to have an Illawarra side in the premier women's competition that they, they feel like they wouldn't be ready for some, some saying for another 10 years. So it's uh, a pretty of an interesting, interesting developing story, but uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, we'll move to our final our local side in the NPL. The South coast flame went down two nil to Fraser park, uh, Frasier Park are, are a quality side and were quality on the weekend. Uh, the game could have gone a different way early on. There was a, a penalty shout waved away uh, after a tackle on flame forward Sandy Lowcock early in the contest, and that might have changed the game. But to be honest, Fraser Park had a number of chances themselves and one in particular where the ball cannoned off both of Matt White's goalposts. So, Probably an expected result for the Flame, you'd have to say in this one.
1: Well, I was chatting to one of the Flames players who witnessed the it was it was out there on the pitch when it happened, and he said Fraser were just too good. Put it that way, they've been they have been the benchmark of MPL four or State League for the, ever since they came back in, uh, last season. So they won the grand final in State League last year, and they were very close. The only, the only reason they didn't get promoted last year is because you had a extremely informed Central Coast United in the same competition. So Fraser will definitely be the team to beat, I think, in the in the State League. So 2-0 isn't too bad for the Flame, considering I believe in this reverse fixture last year, they went down 4-0, which is, yeah, 2-0 is not too bad, I don't think.
0: I think on a positive note for the Flame, obviously last weekend, uh, head coach George Kulsa was pretty disappointed with the, with the side's attitude and, and said that this is a minimum requirement, but this week he was happy with the side's uh, I guess output and uh, how his team fared against a, a quality Fraser Park. Kulsa obviously quoted to have said that Fraser Park are the benchmark of this league and that seems to be the point that's reiterated around the NPL 4 talk, but uh, the Flame have a home game against Napier next week and that will have to be a uh, a must win for the Flame, you'd have to say.
1: Well, Napier's another big state league club, or MPL4 club now as well. They have been big in the state league the last couple of years. They've always been up top in the club championship and in first grade. They struggled a bit in first grade last year, but they did have a quality side on paper and they underperformed a bit last year as well. So, Napier's definitely going to be a tough team. I think they're in just about the same spot as the Flame are on the ladder, not too far away from the Flame as well. So, yeah. Napian's going to be tough, but I believe it's at home for the Flame at Ian McLennan Park on the weekend. If I'm wrong,
0: it is. It's on Saturday night at Ian McLennan, so it's a a home fixture. Hopefully, they get a few uh, of their own faithful out there to support them. But uh, like you said, Napian are a quality side, sitting third on the ladder at this present moment. So it's a very important fixture for the Flame if they're willing to or wanting to. Mate, the top five this season, which I, I, I think is fair to say is, is, uh, would have been the, the goal at the start of the season for the side. But uh, we'll leave NPL Corner there for another week. And that will wrap us up for the South Coast Footballic Podcast. Jared, thanks for your input again this week.
1: Pleasure's always mine, Mr. Warren. Pleasure's always mine.
0: Mr. Warren's my father, not me. Settle down, Jamie. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll we'll catch you guys next week.